Oh, it took a little time, but I'm finally used to hearing my voice in these headphones as I'm talking. So I've grown that much in the four weeks that this podcast has been alive. If you've been listening, I hope you've been growing as much. If you're new here, welcome to the Behind the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Devin Nipper. And if you're a returning listener, thank you so much for returning. Thank you for listening. Thank you for finding value. I appreciate it. I am currently in a series where I'm talking about blocks that I experienced that have caused me to delay my start in anything. These blocks or obstacles solely just pertain to me, but I'm sharing them in hopes that if any of them relate to you, that they can help you navigate reasons why you may not be starting and hopefully get past them so you can start whatever it is that you've been wanting to start. So last week we spoke about inadequacy, the opinion of others, comparison, and I touched on people pleasing. What I want to start this episode talking about is a lack of direction. Now, when you start something that you've never done before, it can be intimidating because, well, you can go in any direction. And sometimes the abundance of choice can lead to analysis paralysis. So you can kind of think of those as maybe one and the same or those are related. But that also ties into needing to know all details. Like it, it all relates. But I digress. I think this is especially relevant in today's world where we are constantly bombarded with information. Picking a direction to start in can seem like such a daunting task. And I have struggled with this greatly. I've said it before. I'm a thinker. I can take a small idea and blow it up. I'm grateful to God for that. But I do run the risk of overanalyzing something before just committing to a decision. And that's because I don't want to be wrong, quote unquote. And if you think about it, look back on your life. Has there been any decision that has been the wrong decision? I would say no, because if you're listening to this and you're still alive, then you've made right choices. You probably could have made better ones, but there was no quote unquote wrong decision. And for me, it's kind of painful to admit that there have been opportunities that I have missed out on because of the time it took me to think it through. And by the time I thought it through and reached my conclusion and reached my decision, the window closed. And that sucks. To have it happen repeatedly was very discouraging. And I'm still allowing myself to grieve some of these creative losses. The only reason why I'm doing that is because I'm reading this book called The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And in one of the weeks, she talks about mourning creative losses and how that can present itself as a block to your creativity. And I didn't know that was a thing until reading it, but apparently it was for me. So we're dealing through that. But I am learning to reconcile these losses as lessons because it has taught me that, Devin, it's not always going to be perfect. You're not always going to know everything. Everything I've talked about, all these other obstacles I've talked about, missing, quote unquote, missing these opportunities have been lessons in these blocks and learning not to let them get to me in the way I've let them get to me. Another thing that has helped me with this has been to trust God more and in leaning into him. And that makes me think of Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, like Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. It's the one that says, trust the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. Remember the Lord in everything you do, and he will give you success. So what I've begun to do 
is to take all my ideas and known potential to the Lord and submit it to him. And I'm learning to allow him to guide me down the path that he has laid out for me. It may not always make sense to me. And with what he shows or what he leads me through, I may not always see a way out. But the direction I've chosen is to obey him. And this makes it a little bit easier for me to do what I need to do because more or less he gives me each step to take. But I do want to give the caveat that not everything is crystal clear. And I do find myself at impasses semi-often where the Lord allows me to make a choice. And that just means I, I take that as him saying, Devin, you pick and accept what comes with your decision. That makes me think of James chapter 1, verse 5 through 8, where James says in the beginning of his book, this is one of my favorite books of the Bible. It's only five chapters, but it took me two months to read it when I first read it. It's such a heater. But James 1.5 says, But if any of you needs wisdom, you should ask God for it. God is generous. He enjoys giving to all people. So God will give you wisdom. But when you ask God, you must believe. Do not doubt God. Anyone who doubts is like a wave in the sea. The wind blows the wave up and down. He who doubts is thinking two different things at the same time. He cannot decide about anything he does. A person like that should not think that he will receive anything from the Lord. And you know, it's crazy because last week I referenced Matthew 14, where the disciples are rowing the boat on the water in the storm. And I was talking about the wind and waves and the revelation the Lord gave me. And how this scripture is talking about the wind and waves. It's so wild. Like if you, if you just stop and think about it for a second, it's almost like the Bible makes sense <laughs> and that's that's coming from someone that was so skeptical for so long i started reading the bible looking for fault and here i am about to be five years saved still reading to this day and i'm sharing word with you like that's just god is so cool he's so cool just give me a moment of silence Man, okay. It's so wild. Like, it's so wild. I, I, I really enjoy talking about him. Clearly. <laughs> I could have gone the traditional path and what I've wanted to do. And that would be nice from a security point of view. Because I do want a family. I want to provide. And, you know, I could go do xyz i have a college degree i could use that to get graduate education and all this get all these certificates and there is a life i could live i'll just say that there is a life i could choose there's a path i could choose but i can see the multiple identity existential and i guess midlife crises or crises happening i can see them clear as day if i was to take that path I can see it, and I don't want that. I can feel the sense of regret and misery. Like, ah, I don't want that. So I've chosen to stay on this less traditional, 
seemingly more risky path that comes front-loaded with a lack of security and loads so many tons of ambiguity. But I can feel the peace and fulfillment I have later in life knowing that God had me all along and that my life is a result of me letting him work in me, through me, and on me. This lack of direction in this modern world brings one word to mind, another word I do not like, and that is niche. N-I-C-H-E, or niche, however you say it. I feel like if you say niche, you one of those people that I call Target Target every time, or maybe not, because I call Target Target, but I say niche. Anyway. <laughs> Niches. I don't like them. Norms. Boxes. Status quo. Call it whatever you want. These are words that I cannot stand down to the corks in my blood and the essence of my very spirit. And I understand why they're a thing in terms of marketing metrics, metadata, blah, 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 blah. One of the most challenging things for me to do was to sit and try to figure out which box I could put myself in for the longest to gain traction before burning out. And I spent so much time pondering this until I finally realized that I'm not a one-trick pony. I don't and can't do just one thing. Sure, I may have certain aptitudes for things, but I'm not one-dimensional, and I don't believe any of us are. That's not how we were created. And thinking about what niche, excuse me, which niche I could fit into, it made me feel like I was crafting a prison cell for myself. Like, which dimensions do I have to cut of myself to fit into this box? Oh, my gosh. What that makes me think of is mental solitary confinement, creative solitary confinement. And to avoid having to feel that way, what did I do? The thing that made the most sense, I chose not to act. My thought process was that by not choosing to do that or pick a niche, I wouldn't feel the pressure to niche down. But what happened in reality was that the pressure of not doing anything proved to be far worse. And so I chose to start doing things, but my way. This plays off of the lack of direction or analysis paralysis, but I stopped watching YouTube videos and just put my nose down. You know, everybody has their tips about what worked for them. And yes, I understand some of those tips are objective, but really at the end of the day, you're still, you're still going to have to figure out what works for you. Like everything I'm sharing with you, these are blocks that I experienced. Yours might be different. I was walking earlier thinking about the inadequacy to imposter syndrome flowchart that the Lord gave me and realized that what I shared in, that last, in, in the last episode is specific to me. If you struggle with imposter syndrome or inadequacy, you may have a different flowchart. Some of the things that I have in there might not apply. You might have completely different things. I don't know. When I share how I got over these obstacles, that's exactly what I'm sharing, how I got over these obstacles. In 
hopes that they help you figure out how you can get over yours. I don't, I don't want to follow in anybody's footsteps. I want to pave my own way. If I'm following anybody's footsteps, it's God because he goes before me. When I first started reading the Bible, the first scripture I remember remembering was Matthew 11.10. And it says, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way for you. Over the past couple of years, I've just always come back to it. And within this past year, I read it again and it clicked for me, man, I'm walking where I'm going. I've never been here before, but God has been because he's sending his messenger ahead of me. He's preparing his way for me. Now that scripture is talking about John the Baptist preparing the way for Jesus Christ, but I could still see the parallel in my life. And I'm grateful that the scripture can do that. And listening to this, I don't want you to follow in my footsteps. Figure out your own path. <laughs> we probably don't wear the same size shoe and our gait probably is not the same. Like, bruh, we can walk side by side, but you're going to walk where you're going to walk. And I'm going to walk on this that's meant for me. I have a line in a song where I say, I'm going to help you be you, teach you how to wear your shoes, walk your path and see it through. Trust in divine light. And when the time's right, he will reveal to you all the truth you wish you knew. But don't stay still because he don't move unless you do. These are just some lessons for you. Do you get the message, dude? Acting Hermes, what? I am just a messenger. Wings on my shoes, I may have thought of with the spectacle. I think I'm finna prophesy. I need to see the. Okay, I'll calm down. That's the essence of what I'm saying is I'm going through what I'm going through so I can share it with you. That's the whole point. We go through what we go through to share our testimony so that it can help our brothers and sisters walk out their life add to their testimony so they can do the same. You know, go make disciples. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. Back to niches. I feel like for so long, social media has been, you go to this person for that, you go to this person for that, and that's cool. But I really believe there's a fair amount of people out there that can identify with, relate to, and be inspired by what I'm doing and or just the idea of showing your multidimensional self online in a space where focusing on niches is the standard. And I understand my audience isn't for everyone. I think J. Cole said it beautifully in one interview. I don't exactly remember the one, but what he said was, put your stuff out there. Your fans will sniff you out. And that's just stuck with me. So leapfrogging <laughs> off of going my own way, wanting to walk my own way, leads me to the last obstacle I'm talking about in this episode, which is being in my own way. And that's a mess. I want to go my own way, but I'm in my own way. All right. <laughs> Pick one, right? James 1.5 is making sense. Dang. Being in my own way. When I stopped to think about it, when I stopped to think about it, I came to the distasteful conclusion that the only person I can blame for being blocked or not starting is myself. Is myself. I couldn't, I couldn't scapegoat nothing. I couldn't scapegoat an experience. I couldn't scapegoat anybody like Devin. 
You just in your way, bro. Look in the mirror. Ugh, I don't want to. You're in your way. Okay, we got to change this. I know I'm good at what I do. I just have a hard time, or I had, excuse me, a hard time putting it out there. And there was something that happened. I think I was like seven or eight, one of the Christmases. And I realized that was a key event in my life that the enemy used to cause me to shrink myself down. And thinking about it, I was like, man, there's no way that's the only reason. I'm sure it's playing a part, but that's not it. Because when I think about it, no one has overtly said that I'm not good at what I do or that I should stop. It's really just been low self-belief. What's that? Inadequacy. Talking about that in the last one. Go listen if you haven't. Most likely because why I compare myself to professionals. Go back to the last one. Like, damn. Then I thought, maybe. This is going to sound so childish, but it's my truth. And there's no shame about it. I thought, maybe. Sixth and seventh grade basketball tryouts are where this voice comes from. I thought I was good enough, but I didn't make it. So me thinking I'm good enough was quote unquote wrong. Maybe that's why I don't think my stuff is good enough or why I've had a hard time learning to trust my ears and my personal taste and even put myself out there. For me, seventh grade was four, dang, ooh, dang. seventh grade was 14 years ago. That's wild. And maybe because I gave so much of my time and energy to basketball and I, quote unquote, didn't make it, I got to a point where I was under review and deemed not good enough. So maybe. That's why I've been struggling to believe in my work and release. Because once it's released, it's under the eye of the internet and people can just be mean. Like, yes, I am a man. I'm a grown man. Although I am an artist and artists are very sensitive people. Okay. I can take criticism. Like, I'm fine. But. Words can hurt, but shout. Words can hurt. So people can just be mean. Like, I've seen, I've seen comments online. I'm just like, bro, you took the time to write that? that? That sucks. And that's on something that I didn't even do. Like, I'm feeling for the OP, like, you know, the original poster. Like, bro, someone just say that? That's, that's cold. I couldn't imagine if that's me. So that also prevented me from starting mm. opinion of others it, it all ties together it's amazing like yes i'm sharing this with y'all and i've planned what i'm gonna share but as i'm talking about it it's like god is just connecting dots for me so this is therapeutic and thank you for coming to my therapy session <laughs> so maybe what i've really been avoiding is the negative comments because that would potentially and could potentially reinforce the negative way I've thought for so long. The wrong way I've thought for so long. 
it's like it's a protection or coping mechanism that prevents me from being and feeling not good enough at something I'm passionate about. I've given more life to music than basketball in terms of just years. So to be let down, it would just really freaking hurt. And I don't know how I would recover from it. I've been depressed before. I don't want to be depressed again. As of late, I've been dealing with anxiety, and I will say that crap is not cool either. So I don't know. I don't know how I'd take it. The Lord told me something recently. It was so good. So good. He said, hold on to me tightly with one hand, but hold it with an open hand. Mm. And it's like, I can see my hand is open and he puts like one small thing in there that looks nice and I want to grab it. But I'm remembering he said, hey, hold it lightly. So I, I don't grab it. And he takes it out of my hand and that hurts. Because why would you do that? You just gave me something that's awesome. Something I've been praying for. But you told me to hold it lightly and you just took it from me. Okay, I trust you. Once I, as soon as I resubmit, he puts more in my hand. And like that cycle just repeats. So that cycle just repeats just to test my obedience to a simple instruction. Hold on tightly to me, but hold it with an open hand. And I'll blow your mind. That's it. So by only showing my friends and family my work, I lessen the chance of, quote unquote, not being good enough. So it allows me to continue what I'm doing, but at the cost of potentially helping someone I'll never meet. It's not that I'm in my way. It's never been me in my way. It's 11 to 12-year-old Devin. So is there a younger version of you that is blocking you from doing what you want to do, from being who you know you're called to be, walking how you know you're supposed to be walking? I don't know if you're in your 20s like me or if you're in your 30s. 40s, 50s, 60s, I don't know how old you are. But is there a younger version of you blocking you from being all you can be? Does the idea of having to limit yourself down or water yourself down in any way to be more palatable by somebody, is that blocking you from doing what you want to do? Does the abundance of choice leave you choosing to make no choice at all. Just know that not making a choice is a choice. That's all I have for this one. Before I go, I do want to say that since this is the fourth episode, I'll be getting social media handles for the podcast on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. I wanted to publish this episode first before I went and did that and before I started making content for it. Like I said, this was just an incentive to keep me consistent with it. But 
I will be posting. You will be able to find the podcast on the aforementioned social platforms. I'll be sharing just tidbits from each episode. Search it, find it, follow, share with some friends, leave comments, like, engage. It'll help out a lot. Until next time, stay beautiful.